You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This, where I am joined by Chris Haddad, who is known as Mr. Moneyfingers. This gentleman knows more about copywriting than penguins know about snow and trading <laughs> rocks with each other in order to form good relationships. Um, so my name is Adam Lyons, <laughs> and I help people grow and scale their businesses. And one of the people that has helped me in this journey, one of the people that I've learned from is Chris, who is a phenomenal copywriter. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Before I let him speak, I'm just going to let those of you know who don't know what copywriting is, copywriting are the words that persuade people to purchase from you. Mm -hmm. And with most business owners struggling with cash flow, making sales, conversions, uh, making ads that convert, this is a man that you need to listen to. Chris Haddad, thanks for joining me. I am very happy to be here, my friend, uh, Adam. It's great to see you. I was just looking at those uh, comments you sent me from your coaching group the other day. What nice things your people said about me. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's funny when you're actually good at what you do, right? And then people... you know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, because I'm selling, I'm, I'm teaching copywriting and marketing stuff now for the first time in my 18 year career. And I've worked in a lot of niches over the years, right? I've worked in relationship advice. I've worked in, you know, supplements, all these things. And as a copywriter, especially when you're a freelancer, you sometimes work on things you don't really believe in. And mm -hmm. sometimes you work on things that maybe don't have great testimonials and aren't all that good and all that kind of crap. <laughs> I sell my own stuff and it's just like, it's awesome. Everybody says it's awesome. Buy it. <laughs> it's amazing. <Yeah. laughs> Having credibility yeah. is great. Yeah. What I love is um, I speak to a lot of advertising executives, like, you know, like the, the real ad people. Yeah. Um, what, one of my buddies, um, you know, he, uh, it, it's Ron Lynch. I don't know if have you bumped oh, into Quite well, yeah. I've never okay, heard yeah, from so, Yeah, so, so me, me and Ron are good buddies. And, uh, you know, he always says, if you, if you removed every single element of an advert, but you would just leave me one, it would be a testimonial. Absolutely. Absolutely. A good one anyway. Yeah. Credibility yeah. is huge, man. Having uh, like when I, when I did my launch back in December, I was just like, oh, well, I have like 30 or five videos from people with big names saying awesome things. It makes it, it made it way easier. Actually, I got to say selling marketing stuff to marketing people is fantastically easy compared to working in niches, right? Because when you're selling copywriting stuff to copywriting people, like you can fuck with them in all sorts of ways and like use all these psychological tricks on them and they figure it out, but then they're really happy about it. Right. They're yeah, like, you just did this thing to my brain. I'm like, I did just do that thing to your brain. Pay me money and I'll teach you more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really funny. I always tell people if you want to make the most money, sell like how to do Facebook advertising via adverts on Facebook Absolutely. or sell how to be a TikTok influencer on TikTok. On TikTok or, yeah. Yeah. Or sell marketing to marketing people. It's extremely meta, extremely, extremely meta, but super fun. It's <laughs> so much easier than selling into like, I mean, the relationship advice space, I know really, really well at this point. That's so much easier than like doing low ticket, you know, knife fight kind of getting out on, on, on paid traffic uh, stuff I've done before. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's really difficult. So, um, you know, pe people listening to this, um, it, I feel like I should give you some kind of credibility beyond just your awesome. I learned from sure. you. Um, you know, maybe give an example of sort of like, a, you know, what would be a successful launch that you've worked on 
that people might care about that are listening to this? Oh man, well, I've done over $700 million in sales between myself and my clients over the years. I've worked on stuff with Jeff Walker back in the day. I've uh, launched, I think, 12 different offers of my own on uh, on uh, ClickBank over the years as far as my relationship advice stuff. I did 700 grand uh, in sales on my own Pig Method course back in December uh, in a Facebook group, high ticket, no affiliates, no paid traffic, no email list, no nothing. I've had offers that were in the top 10 on ClickBank overall, not in the particular segment for, I think, Texter, Texter X-Back was in there for at least six years. Language Desire was five or six years. A bunch of others that literally I launched it and never touched the copy again because I was sick and really <laughs> couldn't deal with things up there. Um, I've done well. I've done really well at this over the years. I feel it feels really good to be uh, coming. I got really sick for a long time. So coming back and getting back into it and having people like remember me and want to learn stuff is very, 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 very cool. Like so it. one of my one of my favorite facts is that currently only eight percent of businesses in the world at this time, twenty twenty two, use email marketing to make money. Eight percent. Eight percent. Yeah, I've looked at the data. If you want confirmation, you can look at your inbox and see which of the brands that you normally buy from send you emails. Yeah, and you find it's less than ten percent of them are actually mailing you. Unless the only brands you care about are like email copywriting brands, in which totally, case, of course, yeah, totally. it would be all of them. But yeah, it's um, it's fascinating. It's such a uh, it's a blue ocean right now, yeah. Um, because there are more businesses. Well, that, that's funny there. though, because like you know we we've both been around a long time, and five six years ago, it was like email is dead. No one's using it, and I'm like, it's not dead. It's never going to die. It's a still a very very powerful channel. There's more email coppers than I've ever met in my life now. Yeah. So yeah, what um, actually what's really fascinating is not only is email not dead. It's now more used yeah. um, than it has uh, it has been historically because we get inundated with ads on Facebook, social media, TikTok, mm -hmm. all these other places. Mm -hmm. Email is a place where you can communicate with somebody where you you don't expect to see adverts. That's true. That's true. It's a little more intimate. Nobody's watching you. You're not as where I mean, granted, Google's still reading your shit, but you're not like in the Facebook ecosystem right. and having Zuckerberg just kind of I don't know jerking off to your data somewhere in the corner. <laughs> well, and this is where, where your power is unique and, and you know, something that I've been blessed to, to borrow from and use as well, mm -hmm. is um, spam emails, which would be considered advertising, are now yep. filtered out, yep. which means the only kind of email marketing that works is one that is actually truly good, mm -hmm. uh, that actually is, is good emails. It seems so, like it's from a real person who's actually having a conversation and actually is interested in what you're doing and cares. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's really funny. We do, a, we do a training about how to make sure your emails don't go into spam. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing that blows people away is when we tell them, you need to respond to their messages. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, wait, wait, what do you mean? And I was like, look, I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but if, if I send you an email and you don't reply to me, I assume you're some kind of robot yep. and Google can see that. And so Google says, ah, clearly the address they responded to is there's nobody there. So this was marketing. Therefore you now live in spam. Though I, I will say though, when you do reply, cause I've had times even like personally, I reply, people freak out. Right. And they're just like, <laughs> or well, my favorite actually is when people send like really shitty messages to my customer service. And like, I've had a few where there were like real misogynistic <laughs> asshole people, whatever. And eventually it gets escalated to me. And then I come in and I write the guy back and I'm like, what the hell dude? That ain't cool. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you're only sorry because I'm a guy who's yelling at you now. Please go the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So what are like, um, you know, a couple of really cool basic lessons of copywriting that people should follow? Like, I'll, I'll give you my favorite one that you taught yep. me. And, I'll, you know, cool. I believe yeah. in credit in people. Um, my favorite thing that Chris Adad taught me was the word this. Mm -hmm. I use this in 
everything. Everywhere I can say the word this, I'm going to use the word this. And so the lesson is when you write a subject line in an email, if you say, this is how I obtained results or obtain results with this, the chance of somebody opening that email significantly increases because they want to know what this They is. want to know what the heck it is. That's curious. It's a great curiosity hook, right? My, my, the, the way, the one, the ad that I wrote, the email I wrote that really made that uh, clear for me was um, uh, sex means nothing to a man if he does this. That's the subject line. And that one just cranked. That was our number one control for language desire for, it still is, I think, as far as the emails that we send out, you know, six, seven years later, because it's got that powerful it. curiosity thing. Yeah. That's so so cool. So what would you say are like, you know, maybe two other simple rules that somebody could follow where their, their copywriting would just, you know, mm-hmm. significantly improve? I mean, one is people want to talk to people. Don't act like a dad goddamn company. Don't act, but don't worry about being appropriate. Don't worry about being professional. You know, my mom uh, was here last week and years ago, she would see me posting crazy shit on Facebook and be like, Christopher, what are the people who you work with going to think about that? And I'm like, mom, they don't care because I make the money. And also this is a business where personality is a very, very powerful thing. So you want your copy to feel like people actually talk. You know, when, when, here's a really easy tip for you. If you're not a copywriter, but you want to make, you want to write copy, even if you are, you want to make it better, record yourself talking when you're doing your copy, as opposed to actually trying to type it out. My wife can tell you when I'm working and I'm in my office here, I'm literally typing and mumbling to myself under my breath at the same time, because that way I can hear the rhythms correctly. And I can, I can hear how it would actually seem in a real conversation. The other thing is just about empathy, man. Like what I'm known for through my pig method program and everything else is about the emotionality of copy and connecting with people on a really deep emotional level and learning how to empathize with them and the, the pain that they're kind of going through in a way that most people don't really seem capable of doing. So I work largely in the relationship advice space, mostly for women in that particular space. And like, it's all about just empathizing with the, uh, I, I write as a woman quite often too, which is usually quite, quite fun, despite my uh, prodigious amount of chest hair. But it's really just about understanding and loving your market and understanding the pain they're going through. My ex-wife, once years and years ago, she came to me and says, who are these women who buy these products in a very contemptuous way, right? (laughs) And I was like, these are the women who bought our house and you will respect them. Right. Like these are people who are in pain. You can, if you, if you, if you look down on your market, if you dislike your market, anything like that, it is going to come through in your marketing and is not going to be effective. Even when I'm writing to people who I fundamentally disagree with, like hardcore right wingers or something like that, as I'm writing it, I empathize with them. I understand their viewpoint. I like them, all that other kind of stuff that goes with that. I, yeah, I, I love that. Um, for everyone listening, uh, Chris has mentioned pig method a few times. This is uh, his marketing, yes. marketing copywriting method, which is punch in the gut method. Uh, the, the idea is it's so, um, it's so shocking in some of the things that it says, you can't not um, pay attention. But it's not shocking in the way that people think, right? Yeah. So if you look at a lot of ClickBank offers these days, you'll see weight loss offers. It's, I was actually talking to my students about this, and she was saying they want her to write some new leads for... Uh, a weight loss offer. And they're like, yeah, but whatever the lead is, she needs to be profoundly publicly humiliated and end up in the hospital. And I'm like, eh, or it could be a woman standing in front of the mirror, trying to put on lingerie to go sleep with her husband and realizing that her, her fat folds are going over it. And then her husband not paying attention to her. And to me, that is so much more exquisitely painful and also realistic in a way, right? Like women who are watching a video like that, can, can they've had that kind of feeling before. They felt like, hey, I had a baby and now it's two years later and I never got my body back and my husband is always looking at other girls and things like that. You know, one of my biggest ones that we still run 
um, is uh, make him worship you. And it opens with, he kissed me like his sister and I knew I was alone again. I knew I'd never stop being alone in the first place, right? And that one line, I mean, that is so much better than like some dialogue scene where she's having a fight with a guy and he dumps her or whatever else because it conveys that hopelessness that I know every woman in that market has been through. They have felt this exact same thing over again of, you know, your heart's been broken before. And then you're like, you meet a new guy and you know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, you're going to get hurt again, but you, you learn to trust anyway, and you fall in love and you have sex and it's great. And then it all happens again. And that is actually much more painful. I think than making everything like a war zone basically. Yeah. yeah I, I love that. There's one, the one I'm, I'm writing at the moment and it says, uh, we, we're still getting the exact phrasing, but it's something along the lines of, um, uh, you and I both know we're both frustrated at seeing people that aren't as good as us make more money than us. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, it's that same. Yeah, for, for everyone listening, it's that same concept of you're kind of the way I describe it is you're saying what they are thinking, yep. but may not have had the courage to voice. Yep. Yep. And when that's, you say that it, that's absolutely like, true. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely. And they and also they want somebody. You know, my personality is very bold. Uh, you know, as far as these things, I'm very willing to get out there and just say whatever and call bullshit on things. That is both who I am, but it's also a marketing ploy. It's also on purpose. It's also because I know that kind of thing draws a certain kind of person to me that wants to follow me and possibly buy things from me, and et cetera. I love having, having an opinion and drawing a line in the sand is a very powerful thing. <laughs> All right. So um, somebody says, you know what, we're going to hire Chris. Um, and we really Nobody want can it. hire me. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't take clients. No, no, no. <laughs> but like large sums of money, obviously. Yeah, sure. Well, maybe. I've, I've been offered, somebody offered me a hundred grand not that long ago to write a letter and I said no. So that was fun. <laughs> nice. I just didn't so, want to do it. <laughs> but let's just say you are feeling particularly inspired yeah. and you want to do it. What um, What's the first thing you do when you work with a client? What, like how do you... And really what we're trying to get is if somebody's listening to this, like, man, I really just yeah. want to make more money. What should so they I don't work with clients, but when I've worked with partners, I haven't worked with clients in like 10 years, but when I work yeah. with partners, which I do sometimes, like I only ever do offers if I'm going to get a piece of it in some way or another, because mm -hmm. well, what's the point of doing it otherwise? The main thing I do first, I want to go and look at competing offers. I want to see what's out there. I want to see what's working. I want to see what um, bullets and benefits and ideas are working, how they're kind of positioning their offers, things like that. Then it's really, for me, it's just a matter of like really taking the time to think about who the market really is and what they go through. What, what is their life actually like? What is their inner life actually like? You know, one thing I tell people a lot in my courses and mother stuff is you're not, you're not special and that's awesome. Right. And you're not being special actually gives you a pro profound power to understand other people because most of us walk around and I'm bipolar, right? I have bipolar too. got diagnosed like six years ago because of that. I was feeling some very, very intense emotions for a very, very long time, including self-loathing and shame and things like that. And it seems to me that most people go through their lives uh, thinking that what people post on Facebook is real or true. Like when they're always posting like, hey, I'm on a beach in Bali or whatever. I'm like, well, I know that girl personally and I've chatted with her and she hates being in Bali right now and she has no friends and she hasn't had a boyfriend in six years. She's traveling everywhere. She's not really happy. Most people go around feeling really bad about themselves and feeling like we are not good enough and feeling like we cannot solve this problem on our own. Otherwise, why are we buying something? But if you're able to do that and get into the darkness inside people's souls and the fact that most of us are just putting a smile on and trying to get through the day, and then you think about what is the problem that they're facing that I'm hopefully going to be able to solve for them. I did one not that long ago about a prostate, a prostate offer with uh, Julian Reyes, a good friend of mine. Uh, but you probably know Julian. I know Julian very well. Yeah, and it's a prostate offer. And like the drivers for that, when we thought about it, when I thought about it a lot, it's about primarily it's about a man getting old and losing his power. Right. And you would think, how is going to have to take, having to go to the bathroom five times a night about losing your power? But it is. 
It's about losing your vitality as a man. Uh, even like one thing I thought about was like uh, standing at the urinal and there's like younger guys behind you saying, hey, grandpa, why are you still standing there? Like that kind of thing. But I, I'm always trying to go to the deeper level of emotions. I'm always trying to go to just that step beyond what most people are willing or able to do. I love that. Dude. I, yeah, I think that's absolutely incredible. So, um, you know, we're getting towards the end. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, at the very end, I'm going to say to you, what do smart businesses do? So this is just to, to prep you, have a think about something to leave them with. Right. Everyone yeah, this, that, what what smart, smart businesses do. So um, my, my real question for you now, a little bit personal, why did you even get into copywriting? What made you chose that? Oh yeah. Desperation, man. Desperation. <laughs> I, I literally had no choice. Right. So I grew up in Grafton, Massachusetts, uh, Grafton, Massachusetts. I can talk about this if I need to. And, um, I had no idea what I was going to do with myself. I studied, uh, film and TV stuff a little bit in college. I moved out to LA for a couple of years. I got fired from every job I ever had. I moved to Seattle. Also got fired from every job I ever had up here. And my brother was making six figures in New York city doing finance stuff. And that was cool. And I felt like a total failure who would never be good at anything in my life. I couldn't even conceive of making more than 40 grand a year. And then I kind of got fired from a job writing greeting cards and stumbled into this copywriting thing and wasted three years doing corporate copy, basically writing like Washington Mutual and Microsoft. And then eventually got over my own bullshit because I, I had heard about direct response copy, but I had a real prejudice against it. I was like, who are these people? These people are scammers. Who the hell reads this stuff? Blah, blah, blah. I was very much on my high horse about it. But I finally got off my high horse and got into it. And all of a sudden I made, you know, 200 grand my first year as a freelancer, as a copywriter. And that was profound for me because, again, I had no real self-esteem before that. And then all of a sudden I found something I was good at. And then I became kind of a dick about it for a while because you tell somebody who's bipolar they're good at something, it goes right to our heads. It's a whole thing. <laughs> but it was, a, you know, again, um, I got fired from every job I ever had. I am fundamentally unemployable. If I had been able to stay at a desk and actually work for somebody else, I would not be where I'm at today. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So, um, you know, somebody, there's a business owner out there and they're like, man, I just want to get good at copywriting. Like, you know, obviously come and study with you, but what's like the basic things they're going to have to do? As far as studying copy in general, I mean, you want to go back, you want to read all the classic books if you can. You want to read a bunch of Dan Kennedy. You want to read John Caples. You want to read all this stuff from a hundred years ago. People sometimes ask me, they're like, how has copywriting changed uh, recently? And the language changes a little bit because the way we talk in vernacular changes, but these psychological principles that are used are the exact same things they were a hundred years ago when advertising was first kind of becoming a thing uh, in America in general. But it's also just about like studying copy fucks up your brain, right? Okay. Study, yeah. To me anyway, the, I know David Deutsch really well and Paris and Prappos and Carlton and those guys. And we're all kind of cynical sons of bitches at this point in our lives because when you study copy and you get good at it, it's all about understanding people as they actually are, not as, they, not as you want them to be. And when you're sitting there, it's almost like playing a video game. You write these words, it actually gets these results. It has kind of developed a certain contempt for humanity in me. I always call myself like a, I'm, I'm like an optimistic cynic or something. I, I, I feel like we're all going to hell. The world's going to turn into a giant flaming ball, but I'm having a good time while I'm here, basically. And I feel that's <laughs> just similar kind of thing. But the main thing is just about studying human nature and, and thinking about how people actually act and thinking about the interactions that you have with people and um, loving people. Loving people for all the messy, crazy, fucked up things we are. I also use the seven deadly sins a lot as kind of guideposts when I'm writing stuff because I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not religious, but like the seven deadly sins are great. The reason they're called sins is because they're what we want. It's what yeah. we as human beings fundamentally want. And you can use those step by step and actually use those to help create your bullets and your ideas just by being like, hey, I'm selling this thing. 
what is it about lust that can actually be done with this? You know, my buddy uh, Josh Rosenberg has an offer in the guitar space, and he was like asking me to rewrite some copy for uh, for him about um, uh, what you know, uh, uh, girls like guys who play guitar, right? And I was like, they more than like guys who play guitar. You know, when a woman sees a guy on stage playing guitar, she, playing a guitar with you know fluidity and power, he imagines what he can do to her and blah blah, blah all this other kind of stuff, and bringing it up. Um, yeah, to me, it's just about getting those deeper emotions. That's why I've done well with it is because I, I never stop at the shallow aspect of it. I always think, what is really driving this? What do people really want? Think about it this way. One last thing. A couple's fighting, right? They're fighting over the dishes. Oh man, the fucking dishes. You never do the dishes. It's never about the dishes, right? Like if you were just doing the basics, you'd be like, oh, this is a problem about dishes and about this person not doing the dishes. If you go deeper, it's about this person not feeling respected in their marriage in some way, or this person gave the other person an insult in some way. Like I'm, again, going to those deeper levels about what is really motivating people, I think is what makes copy great. Also, as far as like smart businesses in general, make more offers more often, you'll make more money. (laughs) That right there. Mm-hmm. is the thing that changed our company about three yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, three years ago, we decided that we were going to do two offers a month. Wow. Yeah. It has Holy transformed shit. our revenue. That is a lot oh, yeah. of offers, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, should, we should hang out. I can write, yeah. I can write an entire, entire VSL now I can do in about three hours start to finish. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. I think my, my best one ever was about... No, I've done some, actually, I wrote a letter in two hours during my launch. That was good. But I think like four four hours for Language of Desire we did, and that went on to make $20, $30 million in sales. So that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I just, uh, I just got it so so systemized. And again, it's yep. like listening to you and listening to a whole bunch of other people, just getting it down to making sure you hit all the beats. Um, yep. I think our, our biggest superpower that we've developed, and uh, I haven't really told anyone about this, but you know, I'll share it with you and everyone listening to the podcast. Sure. Um, we developed a thing called Customer Insight Reports, Ooh, which... Okay pretty common in like big multi-billion dollar businesses. And because I I have a corporate background and I've worked in corporate, I know about these things. They they normally charge like 300,000 or more to do something like this. Oh, cool. But um, we, we obviously don't charge anywhere near that. But what we do is it, it's essentially an analysis of every single buyer you've ever had with their motivations. Mm. However, right, most uh, companies focus purely on the data, like the analytics, how old they are, that kind of stuff. Like um, we, we were competing with another company that did it uh, for one of, my, one of my friends, and yeah. uh, he hired both of us. The other company, it was a biz up, like it's a business opportunity. And the other company said they like making money and over half of them watch the Super Bowl every year. That was like their, their data. <laughs> okay. I mean, right. a lot of people watch the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't find it that uh, conducive. That's not particularly but, useful, no. Right. So, uh, but when we did it, um, because because of copywriting, I will often alter my customer insight report. I try to do custom ones, and I write copywriting phrases all the way through it, mm. and I get them to uh, highlight the one they resonate with the most. Ooh, that's cool. Thanks. And so, yeah. So, um, so one of the ones that we found is. Um, they hate wondering where the next sale comes from. Ooh, that's good. Right? Yeah. And so that was a vote out of like 40 different opportunities. So like another one is uh, they hate when somebody overpromises and underdelivers. Mm-hmm. And 
every, and what I like about them is every time you say it, you go, oh yeah, that's obvious. It's like, yeah, yeah but there were 40 that were also obvious. Yeah. Yep. But this was the more. This is the, the one that really, obvious. really grabbed them and really hooked into them. I totally get it with the anxiety of that next sale thing and the, uh, especially if you're doing higher ticket or whatever, but you get so addicted to the sales coming in. And then when mm-hmm. they slow down, because we've all had this happen, they slow down for whatever reason and your ego just takes this massive hit because you're just like, oh my God, what if they don't like me anymore? I'm not good at this anymore. Shit. Right. And, and another one that came up really high is they hate the phrase, the customer is always right. Ooh, very Right? Yeah. So yeah, so it's, I love doing these reports. So we charge like 25 grand when we do this for a company, but it's really cool because it makes the copywriting process, at least for me, that much easier. Yep. So then afterwards, we upsell them and say, well, you know, if you want us to help us with the launch, we do two launches a month. It's like really, really easy. But then we can, you know, we can do something. Look, you know your product's so good, not every customer is going to get it. Yeah. And just because they don't Ooh, get it. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Right? Like that just because they don't get it doesn't mean that, uh, that what you've done isn't right. I mean, just the customer mean. is often wrong. It's a thing in, in life. <laughs> right. Yeah, clearly. So but it's really cool because it totally changes the way that, um, that we get to write things. So uh, one of my favorite ones, actually, uh, you'll love this. One of my uh, my business partners, she's a, a woman in the women's relationship space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we partnered a month ago and we just finished our customer insight report. So I'd I love to give you a gift. Oh yeah, please do. The number one winner, and I don't know if you've ever seen this one before, but this like crushed yeah. was the number one thing they want in a man is a man that makes them feel like a woman. That does not surprise me at all. That is exactly what my copy is all about. I figured you'd get it. No, honestly, Wait. that's a thing that I've... Um, I, I can talk about women all day. I can talk about the psychology of women and all these other kind of things. And I, I just really like women. And I've always... Mm-hmm. In my life, I've always had a lot of female friends for whatever reason. I think I'm more empathetic than most guys are in some way or anything. But yeah, that idea... Most women I know in this world these days, there's this, this tension between... You got to be the perfect mom and the perfect uh, spouse and the perfect business person and all these other kind of things. And you want your feminine softness and you want a man who's strong and kind and powerful who can pull your hair and bend you over the couch and make you feel like a woman. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that's really, really there that I use a lot in my marketing as well. Yeah. yeah, but so and I love it. I love I love this because I think that's really what sped up our, our ability to do this. But I agree. Um, yeah, and it's cool. We, we, go, we go deeper. Like we just had a client today. He's a, an options trading coach. And uh, what's what's really cool about it, and I'm totally biased on this, but um, the clients tell you what kind of program they want you to develop next. So they said to him, we want you to make a three-day workshop. We want live demonstrations of you trading. And uh, more importantly, we want to learn how to strengthen our mind on hard decisions. So, Ooh. right? So it's like, so he's going to create, I, I gave him a, the name of the workshop is called Diamond Mind. Nice. Um, how to develop mental toughness that lets you quit your tr- quit your job and trade full time. That's that is job. a cool name, Diamond Mind. I like that Thanks. a lot. That is super. Yeah, it's yeah. like Diamond Mine, right? But yeah, diamond, absolutely, diamond. it's got a good. No, that's diamonds are nice and hard and solid. And yeah, and if you know about trading, they have the diamond hands was like a big yep. thing, like a couple. Yep. Of, so yeah. So anyway, so that was. I just like uh, I just like um, riffing on copy with you because you are also and I, I do love when people tell you what they want to buy from you, right? That's always yes. nice. I'm a big fan of. Actually, during my I'm working on this project right now called the FOMO formula. That's all about how I did my launch back in December. Oh, it's so good! It's, it's gonna so be so good. good. It's gonna be so good. Oh, yeah, so but it, but it, during that launch, I, I do a lot, I fuck with people a ton, right? Like during the entire thing, and I'm always putting them in unstable places, and I keep asking them what they want, and they're, they're like, well. Chris, how did you how do you decide what to price your product? I'm like, I just asked you guys a bunch, and then eventually figured out a number that made sense, <laughs> like, and it was higher than I originally thought. But I'm really happy with it. Yeah, 
Yeah, actually, um, that was one of our one of our big realizations. Man, we do these all the time. They're really fun. One of the most recent ones we did is uh, how much should a digital product that works cost? We always add these like other little phrases. Of course, yeah. Right? And um, we assumed like 67, 97, because that's what comes up. And then what we do is we count how many thousands of people choose it. And then we go, okay, if we made that many sales at that amount, how much would the gross be? Yeah. And if we made this many sales at this amount, how much would the gross be? And dude, nine times out of ten, the winning the winning number is three nine seven, four hundred bucks. Wow! Yep. I, right? It's fascinating. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it wins. We get we get like obviously more people say a cheaper number, but mm-hmm. when you add up all the sales, yeah, but as far as actually number, getting the money in, yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. But the minute you go to five hundred, the price drops again. So three nine seven. And I've not seen many people, uh, many people do it. So yeah, different. The other thing, if you have a five thousand dollar product and make it to six thousand, nobody will bat an eye, as far as I can yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Seven, so, so right. it gets a little different because then all of a sudden you're closer to like ten, right? It suddenly gets a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's amazing how I, I love this stuff. And anyway, so obviously, as everyone's listening here, you could I could note over over this all day with Chris, but I know he has an appointment coming up. So, um, Chris, first of all. Where can people go and find out more about you? How can they find you if they want to? Uh, I have a podcast of my own that you will be on at some point. I still have to ask Aww. you when you want to come on. We'll talk for like an hour and a half when that happens, and it'll be different. Uh, my show is not about like, here's five copy tips or anything. It's a, it's much deeper and stranger than that. I think you should check it out. That's at thechrishaddadshow.com, thechrishaddadshow.com. And then um, I have my pig method course that I'm actually currently enrolling new people into. Uh, you have to qualify to do it. There's a whole thing. But if you want to go to thepigmethod.com, you will see the site. You can watch a video where I talk about almost dying, and then we can see if it's right for you. I love that. You guys should check it out. All right. So finally, Chris, what should smart businesses do in your words? Buy my copy print. No, they should. I mean, I think it's beyond just like make more offers and do it more often. I think it's just like focus on like learning about people, learning about actual people, study psychology, study human beings, you know, watch the main thing that I'm always teaching people really is, is what I call worshiping reality right? Like I'm not a religious person. I'm not a woo-woo person at all. And that's very much on purpose. And I'm always like, listen, you got to see people in the world for who they are not what you want them to be. And who they are is usually darker and deeper and stranger than you think it is. But if you want to get to that next level with your marketing, that's what you have to do. Get rid of your illusions, get rid of what you, like, again, for like women, like this idea of like, you ask a lot of women what they want in a man and they'll say they want a nice guy. Well, that's not true at all. What they really want is a kind man who's powerful, who, as I said, will bend them over the couch and make them feel like a woman. But just being able to do that and go to those darker places and, and deeper places, I think is the key. Yeah. You're amazing. Chris, thank you ever so much. Everyone Absolutely. listening, go check out his stuff. And that's it from Smart Businesses Do This. Thanks, man. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.